So you've heard good things about the StrengthsFinder assessment. Perhaps you've taken it yourself or even administered it to your team. But what do you do in order to really leverage the results? On today's episode, how to leverage StrengthsFinder and to tap into the strengths strategically for your team. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 293. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show gives you access to the practical wisdom that will empower you to become a better leader. And thank you so much for tuning in today. I know today's conversation is going to be really helpful to you, especially if you're the kind of person that really likes to leverage and maximize the things you do really well, and not only do that for you, but to be able to do that for the people around you. And it was probably 20, almost 25 years ago now that I was uh, in college reading a book called Soar With Your Strengths. And it was the very first introduction that I had to the concept of looking at our strengths versus always trying to improve upon and manage our weaknesses. And today's guest I know is going to really help us to think through some of the strategies that we can use in order to lead through our strengths. And again, not only for us, but to be able to lead our teams effectively. And that person is Lisa Cummings. Lisa has delivered training and speaking events to over 9,000 participants in 14 countries. You can see her featured in places like Harvard Business Publishing, Training Magazine, and Forbes. She is the CEO of a company called Lead Through Strengths. And when she's not out spotting strengths with teams, you'll find her rescuing stray, stray dogs or playing the drums. Lisa, welcome to Coaching for Leaders. Thank you for having me. Psyched to be here with you. Well, me too. And I got to ask you about the drums. So you're playing drums. Uh, what's uh, did, did that's a recent thing or you've been doing that for a while? It is a recent thing. My husband and I decided uh, a couple of years ago, we had both been saying, I've always wanted to learn to play the guitar. And then we asked ourselves why we were being that person who said, I've always wanted to do whatever. So uh, he picked the guitar. I picked the drums. We delayed a bit, but got started. And now we are just all into it. We're having a great time. We're even getting started in some songwriting and making our own kind of music. So it's been a total blast. A year or two ago, I aired a show on the lessons, leadership lessons I learned from actually trying to learn guitar <laughs> as oh. well. And I'm curious, what have you learned now being in the being more of in the position of the learner, the student, what has learning the drums taught you about learning and about leadership? Well, one is perspective. I mean, after you get into senior leadership kind of roles and you're really at what would be peak performance relative to people who are greener in their careers, I think it's a really good experience to go back and see how frustrating it can be when you know where you can go and you realize it's taken you a while to get there. And, you know, besides lamenting things like, man, I wish I had these synapses firing when I was five. That would have been <laughs> that would have made me learn a lot faster this time around. Yeah. But then just really being patient, understanding it takes people a while to get there and giving yourself a break when you want to go leaps and bounds and you know you have potential, but it does take some time to realize it. So 
certainly the frustrating part of the learner's journey, I think, is an, another good experience. Because once you have your business acumen on and you've done it in that world, you can make those leaps really fast. So this was a totally clean place where it's taking a lot longer to get your stride. Well, that's a really valuable thing to be able to look at things from the other person's perspective. And I know it's going to be part of our conversation here today, too, talking about strengths. And I, I you know, one of the things um, I, I've really found with strengths over the years is that it's a really, um, it's a really valuable framework, but it's also one that is contrary to, I think, a lot of the ways that many of us have been trained on how to look at where we put in our professional development and our strengths. And and so I, I think it'd be helpful for us to to put put some framework around that. But I, I was I was wanting to ask you first about something I heard you mention in one of your videos about something that happened to you 15 years ago uh, as, as a change point uh, for you as far as, a, or defining moment rather. Tell me about what happened. Yeah, I think it, it was remembering back to this time when I had the big promotion, I had my first big job, good title, good money, and everything by those outer measures of success, you know, I should have been feeling amazing. And I started getting really drained. My burnout factor was high. And I, I really didn't know what was going on. I was having those kind of thoughts where you think, what is wrong with me? I have everything I've ever wanted and I feel the worst I've ever felt. And when I finally got honest with myself, I realized I was expecting all of my team members to be the um, um, individual contributor that I was. I wanted them to have the same high performance, come at things the same way I came at them and be self-sufficient and all of these sorts of things. And I discovered StrengthsFinder during that time. And I just had some big epiphanies with people that I was viewing as high-maintenance employees, let's call them. Uh, one woman in particular, after I learned her StrengthsFinder talents, consistency, includer, harmony, okay, those were some of her top. What mattered to her after I, after we, you know, started this process and started having these conversations, I realized, you know, if I had to give her a life motto, it would be that we should be fair and we should do things together and we should do them carefully so that we're correct and we get them right. And here I am with my talents of maximizer and strategic and individualization thinking, you know, my motto on the world was get better, do it faster and do it differently. Yeah. And we were not on the same planet. And it wasn't until StrengthsFinder that I could view those seemingly opposite things as really great compliments and as really important partnerships we could do to offer our customers, each other and our products, et cetera. And it was just a real deep moment of enlightenment to be able to go through that process. Very cool. And and you and I have both seen those experiences with people who have utilized StrengthsFinder before. And I know a lot of our audience is familiar with StrengthsFinder. In fact, many of our audience have, have taken the assessment before. For those who haven't or maybe not familiar with the model, um, could you just give us a, a brief overview of what is the philosophy behind StrengthsFinder? How does it work? And what do you what do you get when you take an assessment like it? Sure. Yeah. So one thing that's different about it from typical assessments is it was based on the study of success. And a lot of these assessments have kind of an abnormal psychology bent to them and do a lot on the neuroses kind of part of things. And they focus really heavily on the dark side and the shadow side of you. And so StrengthsFinder and studying the elements that bring people success and those themes of success, they're able to bring forward 
these 34 talent themes. So after you take your assessment, it's 177 questions, you get your results. And if you get the standard assessment that you get out of the book, if you buy StrengthsFinder 2.0, you get a code so you can go get this top five results and you see out of that 34, what are your top five talent themes? And those reflect your natural talents that just the way that you naturally would think or feel or behave out in the world. And then if you mature them, they would turn into strengths on the job. And then they also have a premium version where it's all 34 of them. You can see the stack rank and then you get a peek into a little fuller view of what your top talents are. And you also get to see what the lesser ones are. So when you look at the bottom of the list and you think, oh yeah, if I had to call on these all day, every day, they would be quite draining. And so um, that's the, as you get a little more advanced with it, there's also that version out there available. I know you're friends with Scott Barlow as well, who was on the show recently. And we talked a little bit about StrengthsFinder. And I found StrengthsFinder to be really helpful. And I know he has as well as far as giving people the language around strengths, because that's something that a lot of times the things that we're best at, we don't recognize. So it's helpful to get that language. And I know one of the challenges, he mentioned this, and I've seen this too, is then what to do with that. And I've seen a lot of organizations and leaders over the years who have gone through the strengths finder either on their own or as a team exercise and they'll utilize strengths finder and they'll have a discussion about it and then my sense is lisa that a lot of organizations and leaders don't then do much with it so they they you know they maybe they even post up i've i've, I've seen offices where everyone's door has their strengths finder assessment posted on it and yet I haven't seen often it part of regular conversation and dialogue within organizations, even who have had everyone do StrengthsFinder. Has that been your experience? And I'm curious, how how have you seen that play out uh, within organizations and leaders? Oh, it's absolutely my experience. And I get it relatively often where people will call and they'll say, hey, we want to do a, a StrengthsFinder team building. We haven't talked about it in a couple of years. And so I have new team members and we need to go through our one day again. And I think, oh, it's so sad. Not just one day. It's so much more than that. And these conversations, I think, are the key part because it gives you the language like you and Scott talked about to be able to have these conversations. But if you only had them in that one hour activity that you held on your own or a a full day training you called a company and to do, it still dies off. It's just like anything that you put back on the shelf and you forget about. It's the conversations that go on in the future that get really deep where you can get into trust. You can get into their deeper values. You can understand their deepest motivations. And man, as a manager, When you know that about each person on the team, what lights them up, what makes them feel like they're here on the planet, what they're born to do, or even just these simple things. When I get really tactical and practical with people, I have them do a more of and a less of list where you look at your talents and you let that list inspire, hey, in your dream job, what could you do more of all day, every day? And just start logging those items. And what would you do less of if you never had to touch it again? What would it be? And being able to have that conversation with a manager in a one-on-one because the leader opened up that conversation, those that doesn't happen. If you just tell a person, take the results and have that conversation, they're afraid they'll get fired if they say, oh, I'd really like to do less of this. I hate this task. It takes up five hours of my week and I hate it every time. But if you open it up in this 
trusting conversation and you say, hey, you know, I want to help you bring your A game to the office every day. Let's continue the conversation and you guide it and you create an environment where it's open and you've been having this conversation and slowly but surely you see jobs shaping to fit these talents over time. Not all happen at once. Very few people take it and do a you know, a reorganization and change everyone's job in the moment. But if you can just shape it 10 minutes at a time, one activity at a time, or the next project you pick someone for because it's based on feeding their talents, that's where it starts to build more trust and more momentum, opens up the conversation further, and you just keep getting deeper and deeper with it. I'm so glad you mentioned the one-day training event up front because I've seen this too, having been in the training industry for over a decade, is um, is people coming to us or me and saying, you know, we want to do this and and whatever it is, and I'll ask, what's the reason for doing that? And and often, not always, but often the answer is, well, we haven't done it in four or five years, so it's time to do it again, and we just want to <laughs> we want to get all the different perspectives out there. And I, I there's a part of me that always be like, yeah, really? <laughs> uh, well, like, can we go? Be bigger than that and think bigger, like rather than just doing this for the sake of doing it, what's the bigger piece? And so I'm, I'm almost thinking, Lisa, like it, it'd be fun if you and I could art- articulate today for our listeners, what is it in a perfect world, which of course there isn't, but in a perfect world, what would we do going through an experience like this using a tool like StrengthsFinder? Okay. I'm going to give you the easy way for the person who is like, hey, I'm, I'm really busy. I just want you to give me something packaged up. And then I'll give you the, the truly ideal and what this looks like when I've seen things that my clients are doing to put this stuff into practice long term. So let's go short version, easy way. For example, in my trainings, I add on a 12-week, I call it an activation series, and I just give the manager only once a week for 12 weeks, they get an email that has one thing they can ask each person in a one-on-one and one thing they can talk about in the team meeting. They're both on the same type of theme. And then that theme carries through and, ha- and it enables them to just go, all right, I did StrengthsFinder. I want to carry the conversation forward, but I'm too busy and too frazzled. And I don't have time to think of a topic for each group meeting. So this gives them the 10-minute dip without really any effort. But then let's get way more ideal. And, oh, say, and can I ask something about that first? Yeah. So uh, that that can be huge versus doing something or do, not doing that at all. So just that regular reminder and starting to bring that in the conversation. I'm sure you see people who do some really cool things out of that. Oh, yeah. Because you take themes that are really related to the office. Like, let's say they're about to launch a big product that's going to be really meaningful to their company. And inside of one of those emails, you know, it says something about how each person on the team could aim their one of their talents at that big company objective. Then you're getting really relevant, really specific. And it feels like, oh, this is, you know, this is made for us. But it's really a generic question, just made relevant. And then if you do it over time and you start to build the habit and you see that, yeah, it's just like anything, just like people talk about investing money. You know, it's like the dollar cost averaging kind of thing where, look, if you put 10 bucks in every week for the rest of your life, when you look up, it's going to have become something big. And it's the same thing for these conversations. You spend five minutes a a day or even five minutes a week with a really specific conversation, making that person feel totally seen and appreciated for who they are and what they bring to the world. And it changes your relationships. It gets deeper and deeper. And then they're... (laughs) 
their engagement for the team and their engagement with the company gets deeper and deeper. And your insight about how you can, you know, harness their highest and best use out in, in the, and on the team, but also in the world. It's really a beautiful thing. What can happen just in small bits over time if you're consistent. Yeah, and so one of the things I'm I'm hearing is for leaders, you know, maybe they've done strengths finders before, um, or maybe are thinking about doing or in the process of doing is just having some is have some intentionality of having an ongoing conversation about it, and um, and I I dare say, and I, I you may quibble with me on this, Lisa, it, it's maybe <laughs> even less important what the question is and more important that the question's asked. So even if you don't ask the perfect question. Around you know strengths finder or a talent, just bringing it up in conversation in future meetings and in one on ones, and that just kind of naturally keeps it top of mind where you start then seeing the opportunities to put that into practice. Yes, totally. No quibbling here. I totally agree. It's that the conversation happened, and I see people take it in so many directions. I had one client recently where they ask the same question every day for 30 days. So the, the the question was, how did you use your strengths at work yesterday? And it's a software company and they're very fast moving and they're always doing, you know, kind of the quick iterative type of recaps of what's going on day by day. And it just became part of their daily operations summary was how did you use your strengths yesterday? And every person had to think of a, one sentence that described how they did. And it was interesting to hear about how the conversation changed and deepened over time because at the beginning you're thinking of answers like, okay, how do I use these in a normal day to day? But then you have to dig in, you know, on the 20th day you're thinking, I don't know, did I do anything different or how can I use that tomorrow? And how could I look at things differently? How can I reframe a task that I normally do and come at it away in a way that brings my A game? Cause I've been looking through a strengths lens. So even that, it's the same question every day. And it was really meaningful. I had another client who's really fun and they assigned for each person on the team to come up with a theme for their strengths conversation. So one person's thinking of things like, okay, how do your values get represented in your strengths? Another person comes up with something like, if you had to come up with a theme song that represents your your talents, what would it be and why? And so that takes one minute for each person to share theirs, but it's insightful and they had to go reflect on it. And those are the quick dips that take 10 minutes to do as a team, but you add those up and they get pretty deep. You may get to this in the the broader kind of the the perfect well perfect's not maybe the right word but the you know the ideal way to do this but I, I know one of the keys in doing strengths finder especially with the team is starting to appreciate how people bring different strengths than us and are in some ways opposite of of us and our talents. How do you see that as being valuable as far as um how does that come into kind of that regular conversation and and what's the value in actually exploring some of that? Okay, I'm going to make these examples fast because I just had three client examples come to mind that were so insightful on this topic. Oh, cool. So <laughs> one happened before having done StrengthsFinder. So this is one of the ways it could have helped and kind of came in too late. So a woman who was really high in input was about to lose her job. She was kind of in the getting managed out senior executive kind of shoes because she took so long to collaborate upfront on projects because her input was leading her to 
gather all the information and curate a lot of sources. And it, it was how she collaborated. And it was very heavy and slow on the front side of things, but fast later. Her boss, being high activator, was all about, let's go right now. And also, he's high strategic, which was, let's pick this path. Let's go. Come on. And he's saying, this woman can't meet a deadline to save her life. And doesn't see that if she actually gets past that point of frustration they've had with each other, that they'd be simpatico on the way they work. It's just that he wasn't giving her that upfront time she needed. And it was really at the very last moment, the last thread before getting fired that they they came together and had this realization and it it changed a lot. So there's a quick example where like things are just going so wrong and this one insight helped them see, oh, that is that thing that's driving me crazy. I think she's high maintenance and slow and all these negative things, but oh, here's how she's making the product better and here's how she's getting buy-in on the front end and it was really creating an influence that helped change management later. So that was one huge one. Another one that comes to mind is a situation where a manager has positivity in her top five. And that's that's a an optimistic person, a fun-loving person. And one of her team members had intellection in her top five. And that one is very much like the deepest ponderer, often likes to be alone and have time to think. And we do a second level StrengthsFinder event where we did the full 34 lineup. And what they saw was almost a direct inverse of each other. So this person, right? This person with intellection had positivity in her very bottom. The person with positivity, the manager, she had intellection in her very bottom. So they were opposite each other. And it allowed them to have a conversation where that team member was able to say, yeah, I do sometimes think you're a Pollyanna and you really don't know the reality of things. You just have a great idea and then you want us to go execute on it. But I can tell you these things that are going to go wrong with it. And I really want time to think through a little bit more. And and uh, people with high intellection are also very skeptical often. And so you bring the skepticism together with the optimism and they were really butting heads. And it helped them see, helped the manager see, hey, it's not that I don't think about risks. It's not that I don't see potential things that could go wrong in the world. I just don't want to live in that headspace and communicate that stuff. But now she knows with this team member, she actually needs to communicate, hey, here's what I've considered. I realize this potential problem could happen, but here's the direction we're going to go. And I'm really comfortable with the risk. And she actually just says out loud some of the thought process that she was leaving behind before because she didn't want to be negative. And it has really brought the two of them together and brought them to a level of understanding they just weren't having with each other before. I suspect that there are people listening who've had that exact same experience or they've you know been opposite to someone else on the list, but but they haven't necessarily had that outcome or had that conversation. What did what if anything did you or they do that kind of brought them to that point where they were able to dialogue about that? Was it having the conversation or was there something else that happened before or after that that helped to really uh, really bring that into uh, presence for both of them? Most of the time when it happens, it's because they come into this process open-minded enough to believe that all of these talents are in fact talents. So if you'll, you'll, one thing you see about StrengthsFinder, it's all positively framed. And although they, they have a shadow side, if they're overused or they're immature and you're kind of uh, not investing in it, it can show up in a bad way. 
But typically when they're in this seemingly opposite world, they've been viewing that same pattern of thought as a bad pattern of thought. And this allows them to see it as something cool or something that, hey, look, I don't like thinking that way. So this allows someone else to think that way. Uh, So that makes me think of this example of a guy who had command or he has high command and high ideation. So this command talent is kind of the way it sounds. You know, he's very decisive and clear. And when he communicates something, people know exactly what they're out to go do. And he also has ideation, as idea a minute or a hundred a minute. It's just like popcorn in his head. And so this manager is running around all day, every day. When he says his ideas aloud, his team is thinking, this guy's crazy. He has 20 new things for us to go do every day. And then we start them. And then the next day he replaces it with something else and he's driving them mad. And he, the manager, had no intention of them starting any of these things. They're just ideas coming out of his head. But with Uh his command paired up, right, they're thinking that's a directive. So this is the insight that allows partnership where team The people on the team were really frustrated by it before, but after they go through this process, he picked a guy on the team who led with activator, which is, let's go, let's go now, let's get this thing started. And so they made an agreement that this guy with high activator would say, all right, time to shut the ideas off because we need to go execute, all right, of those, which ones are we going to go do? So they actually brought this clear conversation to bear, which was, those are great ideas. Now, which one are we actually going to go do? Because I want to get started. So it fed that guy, the the team member, because he got to go get something started. And it fed the manager because he was getting more productivity because they were actually working on something he actually wanted to go do, not just talking out loud with his ideas. And so there were these partnerships like this that started to get formed where they were driving each other crazy. They did seem like opposites, but actually they're really good compliments once you see them all as virtues and can see the good side of them. And the opposite is uh, actually worse, which is what happens in a lot of organizations and leaders is they tend to hire people who are like them and have similar strengths. And that kind of feels nice for a while. And you get a bunch of people together who all work well and gel well together. But there's a lot of blind spots that emerge in the organization if you've got everyone who's either got the same strengths or very similar strengths. Ah, yeah, it's so true. And this actually gives people a voice in their ability to be different in a way that many people have been hiding. So I'm thinking of a woman that I worked with recently who was sitting on an executive team and she's thinking constantly one of these things is not like the other. And that one of these things is me. Mm. And they were very strategic and visionary. And they were always talking about where the company was headed. And she couldn't help it. What was going on in her head every time was, yeah, yeah, those are good ideas. But who's going to do this? And do they really understand the steps that it's going to take to pull this off? And so she's instantly going to project plan. And she didn't voice it for a long time because she thought, They don't value this kind of thinking. It's not how they think. It's not how they are. And finally, when she started living into her strengths, she realized, oh, wow, this is pretty great. They want that in their lives. They want someone to put this all together and turn that vague idea into reality. But that's not how the other people in the room 
thought. So a lot of times StrengthsFinder can just give people the confidence to show up and say, you know, I think really different from everyone else here. And it could be good for the team and actually feel confident in that instead of feeling like you need to hide it. Oh, I love that. I've had that experience in my career too, where I felt like an outsider for a while and then eventually came to realize that that was actually a strength and and, and played to that. And boy, did it make such a difference. And uh, it's so neat to see people get to that point where uh, being the odd person out on the team actually can be a real benefit, not only to them, but to the whole organization. And it's really cool when they've got the language and the confidence to be able to approach that. And uh, it's one of the things I love about StrengthsFinder. And, you know, I, I took us off on a tangent here a minute ago. I know one of the things you were going to share with us was uh, the ideal way we do this. So beyond just the asking a question each week, if you could, you know, wave your magic wand, Lisa, and, and coach any manager who was thinking about doing this, what would be the the best way for them to articulate it? Well, if you had infinite money as well, resources to be able to institutionalize this and make this a big thing, one, I would be checking in regularly every six months to a year with employee engagement surveys so that you, you get a pulse on where people are with this. Then you start in with the assessment. It's a great place to start. Do StrengthsFinder. You have your early conversations about it and you just get to know the terminology and how it shows up on each person in their specific life and their specific job. So I love the idea of a training event or a speech or a thing that kicks it off. But just think of that like a spark, not like the end. And then from there, it's building in, in in an ideal world. It's not just you, the manager leading this. You find that person or two who think this is the coolest thing they've ever experienced on the team and you deem them strengths champions. And you have them think of monthly activities that you can do on the team. And then you spend some time thinking about a couple of hours thinking about how can I use this in my daily practices? Like as a manager, are you offering feedback regularly? Are you having regular development conversations? If you already are, how can you bring strengths into that? How could you bring it into your daily vernacular? One for me, I call it notice what works to get more of what works. So just going on a notice what works campaign and use whatever method you need to spot a few things a day of strengths at work, even if they seem small. I use this old fashioned, like put three paper clips in your pocket. And as soon as you notice someone using their strengths, you can take one out and go until your pockets are empty that day. Just a really simple way to tangibly remind yourself, okay, I'm out looking for the good stuff and I'm actually going to say something about it instead of just saying that's their job. They need to be doing a good job and, and that's it. So really noticing it. Can you shape their job and assign projects that way? And so informally, making it a habit and making it a practice. Formally, adding it into your one-on-ones, adding it into your team meetings, adding it into your performance management process. If you work at a small enough company that even your reviews and your check-ins, you can add this as part of it. How do you see people leading into their strengths? And if you want to see them grow, don't just focus on what you want to fix about them. Focus on how they can use their strengths to fill their gaps. Is that, there's a novel way to think about that, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, it, but it really is in a lot of places. I mean, and the, the thing that's great, I mean, all the things you suggest, of course, are things that change the culture of the organization, which I think leaders have, if not a, 
a, a unique opportunity to influence more substantially than most people in the organization. Anyone can lead, of course, and influence culture, but leaders really do set the tone for the culture. And so if they're doing the kinds of things you've just mentioned, it sets the tone for we're going to be an organization that looks at how do we celebrate, utilize, and encourage people's strengths. And in a lot of places, and in a lot of the traditional management, the rule has always been, let's focus on putting all our attention on what people don't do well and get them doing better at that and focusing on weaknesses. And a lot of us do that in our careers too. <laughs> we tend to zero in on the things we don't do well. We go get we go get training and we get classes on the things we don't do well, which is actually brings me to a question too, Lisa, because there are the detractors out there of strengths and the strengths finder and the theory and all that. And so how do you balance... Uh, being and you and I are both champions and, and believers in Strengths Finder. How do you balance the focus on strengths and leveraging those strengths, and at the same time, the necessity sometimes of improving an area that is a weakness? Because um, there are certainly areas as leaders that you know are some core competencies that we all need to do well, even if that's not a natural strength. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Don't ignore weaknesses because you might be a fool if you just let people uh, totally ignore things where they're failing. But a lot of it is around the definition. So one is often people view gaps, experience gaps or skill gaps as weaknesses. And really, it's just something they haven't practiced yet or demonstrated yet. And so that's one where you can lead through your strengths to fill a gap. So for example, you say, hey, we're going to expand our business into global markets and this person has no international experience and therefore international is a weakness. Or you could reframe that and say, hey, it's really just an experience gap. So how could this person run a project for the first time with a global audience or a global customer base or whatever and use the talents that they have? And so that is one, which is getting the definition straight, which is if it's a weakness, it's getting in the way of your performance or it's getting in the way of someone else on the team's performance. And a lot of things masquerade as weaknesses. The experience gaps, the skill gaps do. And also sometimes the talents. You might have a natural talent that you're overusing or misapplying and it's showing up like a weakness, but really it's just masquerading as one. If you really look at it and it's an overused talent, well, that's a lot easier to work on. That's a lot more fun to work on instead of squashing it down and trying to get it out of your life, and which is why it's showing up so raw, because you haven't spent time making it look good yet, polish it up, that's going to be fun to polish that up, because it's already your natural tendency to think that way and operate in that space. And then if it really is a weakness, so once you get to the thing that says, yep, it is a true weakness, then you partner with other people. You do things like the command ideation guy partnered up with the activator guy, so that instead of being a bad manager who runs around dictating a new idea every 20 seconds. Instead, he seems like this really collaborative, open-minded, future-thinking guy. And it's the same guy with the same thought processes. It's just because he partnered up with somebody who's going to turn that into reality. Boy, that was the lesson I got smack dab in the middle of my forehead when I read the Soar With Your Strengths book years ago is the two lessons. One, of do what you're really good at and you're naturally strong at. And then the second equally important, if not more important lesson for leaders is whatever you're not naturally good at, find other people who are good at that and partner with them in your organization. Hire them, outsource to them, (laughs) do the things you need to do in order to leverage their strengths because then you're functioning as a human being and as an organization that's really leveraging talent well. And so few organizations 
really do that. So it's, it's oh. such an exciting, such an exciting way to think about it. It's such a big competitive advantage too, isn't it? It is. I mean, that I'm not sure if anyone has read the books worth your strengths that you're talking about because it is an oldie goodie that a lot of people have forgotten about. But just the visual in there. Imagine making the fish go to tree climbing school. He has some really simple metaphors in there. And you think, well, yeah, that's dumb. You know, a fish belongs in the water. We're just like that with our talents. But we think, oh, no, with grit and brute force and working long hours, we can be the fish that climbs the tree. Why do we expect that of ourselves or of others, it would make so much more sense to make that the fastest swimming fish you've ever seen in that river. And that's really the premise of strengths finders. Like know that your fish is a fish and put that guy in the water. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Well, this this is great because I know this is going to get those of us who have taken the strengths finder assessment before, maybe done a little bit with it or read the book. Um, I, I think it's going to give the additional motivation now to do more with it. And for those who haven't utilized strengths finder before, I think this will give a, a good a good motivation to also start with it and to and it, if not for your organization, at least for yourself, to get a sense of some of these areas and to raise awareness and to build some of the language in there. And Lisa, you have a whole platform that's built around this, which is very cool. So I want to give folks access to some of the resources you have. I know you have some accesses on your website, and you're also a podcaster yourself. You have a whole podcast built around strength. So I was wondering if you could tell us more about both for those who want to dive in further and really, um, really get into the meat of some of the the strategies with strengths. Oh yeah! So people who are fans of podcasts, then here you go. It's called Lead Through Strengths. That's the name of the podcast and my company. And so that'll be easy to find if you're a podcast listener. You already know where you can go grab that everywhere. And one thing I think would be useful for people who have taken StrengthsFinder and they're looking for that practical stuff to go do with the team you were asking about, I made a page of things like that. It's lead through strengths slash resources. And you can just go grab recognition ideas and one-on-one conversation guides and just some values exercises to talk about what lies beneath the talents and the strengths. Just lots of things like that. People can go get free, easy ideas for how to put this into practice so you don't have to think too hard about it. Well, I'm going to get links to all those in the show notes. So thanks for making that available to us. Uh, I know we'll have a bunch of folks to go and uh, check that out. And before I let you go, Lisa, I, I am curious, you know, leaders are always learning, they're always growing. What's something that you hold true today, or you believe that maybe it didn't recognize or know or even believe five years ago? You know, it's been said so many times, that concept of what got you here won't get you there. That's a big insight for me as I try to personally step my game up as a leader and as a contributor to this world, I really start to see, I get exposed. So just the personal journey of leadership is seeing, wow, those things that I leaned on in the past, my default mode of working a little bit later or um, outsmarting the average bear on something in a simple way, I start to see well, it doesn't work anymore. Every time you step your game up, there's another way you need to go step your game up again. So that's a, a leadership truth for me. I guess I would have always told you that leadership's a journey and there's really no end to it. But understanding the depth and breadth of that, I had no idea five years ago how far I would come and how far I would realize I have to go. Uh, amen to that. Really good, uh, really good lesson for all of us. Lisa, thank you so much. Lisa Cummings is the CEO of Lead Through Strengths and the host of the podcast by the same name. Lisa, thanks a ton. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave.
Thank you so much, Lisa. We've got links to everything we talked about in today's show notes, including the link to Lisa's podcast, Lead Through Strengths, and the Strengths Finder Assessment, and a bunch of other areas that'll be helpful to you. You can always get those by going over to the website, or you can just wait to receive them on Wednesday in your inbox. You'll get that as part of your weekly leadership guide. And if you haven't already, I hope you'll activate your free Coaching for Leaders membership that'll give you access to those weekly leadership guides every Wednesday, including a whole bunch of other resources for you. The member cast, which airs regularly, the library of all the past episodes organized by topic, uh, access to my personal library where I track everything that I'm finding online and tagging it and organizing it for you. Uh, you can get access to all of that at coachingforleaders.com. Plus, you'll also get immediate access to my free 10-day audio course titled 10 Ways to Empower the People You Lead. And if you'll give me 10 minutes a day for 10 days, it'll help you to get the most practical actions to become a more effective leader. You can get that at coachingforleaders.com. And speaking of things online, today is the very final day uh, for the Academy applications. If you have been interested in looking into the Coaching for Leaders Academy, I hope you've already had a chance to go check out the website in the last few days. As you've been hearing information from me, you can get access to all the information right now by going to coachingforleaders.com slash academy. Today, April 17th, 2017, is the last day for applications for our new group that is forming this coming month. If you'd like to learn more, go over to coachingforleaders.com slash academy. All the details are there, what our current members are saying about the program, everything you need to know about expectations, and of course, the link to apply. Uh, get your application in today, and once you do, uh, we'll talk further on how the Coaching for Leaders Academy may be the right resource for you. And while you're online filling out your Academy application, I hope you'll also check out some related episodes to today's conversation. Uh, check out episodes number 89 and 90. Those directly relate to our conversation today because they're all about StrengthsFinder, the assessment. In episode 89, uh, Steve Dozier and I went into great detail on what's the value of StrengthsFinder. We go into detail on the assessment itself, uh, what, uh, why you'd want to do it, how you can read the results, all, all those kinds of things. So that's episode number 89. And then on episode 90, Steve actually debriefs the strengths finder results that uh, Bonnie and I uh, had completed at the time, and uh, we go into depth and talk through our results, and uh, and he helps us to look at each one of the areas that strengths finder says, kind of walks through them in some depth. So uh, if you're looking at utilizing strengths finder as a resource, episodes 89 and 90 will be really helpful to you. In addition, I'd also suggest that you check out episode number 259, which is how to figure out. Your career, Scott Anthony Barlow and I were on on that episode, and Scott and I talked a lot about strengths and how you leverage it for your own career development. So we talked teams today, but if you're thinking about how do you leverage strengths in your own career, check out episode 259. Again, you can access any of the past episodes just by going to coachingforleaders.com slash the episode number, it'll get you right there, or you can get into it, of course, in the member library if you activate your free membership. Next week... I welcome Chris McChesney to the show. He is the co-author of the best-selling book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. It's a very popular book on how to get things done in organizations, how to think more strategically, and more importantly, 
how to execute on it. I think you're going to really enjoy that conversation. So uh, catch us next Monday for a conversation on how to execute more effectively. Have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you next Monday. Take care.